Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast. Today, it's teamwork, working effectively and productively with others. The Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, with Ron Price. Ron, great to see you today. Good to be with you, Dale. So for our listeners, what this is, it's all centered around the book by Ron Price and Randy Lisk, The Complete Leader. We dive into a specific core competency in the book. Today, it's teamwork. And, uh, you know, Ron, I'm thinking we all love to root for and celebrate winning teams. So we're going to look at how we create those winning teams today. Yeah, I think it's a a great topic. And it's interesting because we've been talking about leaders leading others for several podcasts now. And this is one of those skills that brings a lot of the other skills together in order to be effective as a team. Because it's not just getting along with other people. It's not just uh, being able to say that you all work in the same space or maybe that you all have the same company name on your business card. It's about the magic of finding this ability to work interdependently with other people people that creates a whole result that is greater than the sum of its parts. That really is the definition of the word synergism. And I love that word. I think sometimes we use it a little bit too artificially, but I love that word because it's about us finding some kind of a magic when we come together as a part of a team. But it's not automatic. It's a lot of hard work to get there and you really have to pay a price to achieve that kind of teamwork. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. So I'm thinking we want to start with the end in mind. Um, Can you give us an example of a highly effective team where you saw the synergism and 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 the impact of that team? If you've got a quick story to share. Well, it's a little bit historical, but the Apollo team. So the Apollo team was responsible for getting a man on the moon. And if you if you recall, John F. Kennedy was president and he stood up and said, this is something we as a country should commit ourselves to. This is a common purpose that we would put a man on the moon bef- within a decade. And at the time, the science did not exist to do that. So he gave them an extremely ambitious goal. And then NASA brought together a team that was going to focus on this. And what they accomplished was really, um, it was unprecedented and it it amazed everybody because the amount of new science they had to create in order to get there. So if you were to study that and study what happened with the Apollo group coming out of of that vision, you see all of the ingredients that we're talking about in an amazing team. And it wasn't a team that did everything perfectly. As a matter of fact, when those Apollo missions were headed to the moon, what I read was that they were off course 99% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) But they had this ability to adapt. They understood that they were going to have to constantly adapt in order to achieve their objective. So they had all these ingredients. They had a common objective that was very clear that they all saw that they were all committed to. They built systems of communication. They learned how to work effectively with each other. They didn't let personal agendas get in the way of the team agenda. They just had all of those ingredients that create this magic that we call teamwork. Let's define team because I'm thinking I hear leaders oftentimes refer to as everyone in the company as part of the team. You'll also hear managers talk about, quote, my team, the group of people that they directly manage. And so for purposes of our podcast and our conversation today, what are you considering a team? I appreciate you asking that question, Dale. Um, One of our team members 
Andy Johnson has done a lot of writing on this. And even though we're having our conversation around the book, The Complete Leader, I, I always bring other books in because they have impacted me a lot. And Andy spent quite a bit of time thinking about how to build healthy teams. His book is called Pushing Back Entropy, Moving Teams from Conflict to Health. And he, in his book, he talks about there are these four different ways that we talk about collections of people. And oftentimes team becomes the organizing term or the word that we use to describe it when really it isn't always a team. So to go through those quickly, first is a group. A group is where you get together with a group of people because there's a sense of belonging, there's a common purpose. I'm a member of AAA. That's uh, an automobile club that takes care of me if I have a problem and need some roadside assistance or things like that. I'm part of a group, but we're not a team. I don't even know the other people that are members. I just know how to get what I need because I'm a part of this group. The, the second kind of uh, organizing of people that Andy talks about is an organization. So this is where you have structure and you have management and there's a clear line of authority. And there are a lot of organizations that we wouldn't really call teams. So let me think of an example of that. Um, you might say that uh, Home Depot is an organization. And as a whole company, they're this group of people that have a management structure. They have There's a line of authority. They may or may not have teams inside their individual stores, but you really can't say that as a total organization that they're a team because, again, they don't even know each other once you get outside of one of the stores. Uh, nor are they necessarily aiming for the same purpose because they're aiming for the purpose of their store, not the whole company. Uh, the third type of structure or the third type of getting together for people that Andy talks about is tribes. That's where we get together because of shared values or shared beliefs. So for instance, I'm a part of TTI Success Insights, what are, what we call value-added associates. We're all using this set of tools and we get together a couple times a year to talk about how we can learn how to do our work better how we can serve our clients better, but we're not really a team. We're just getting together, sharing our values and common beliefs so that we can all become better people as a result. And then finally, we have what I think you can call a true orthodox team. And that true team often has elements of the other three we talked about, but what really sets it apart is that we have shared consequences or we're all working toward the same result. So we have this shared purpose, we do sometimes, quite often, are going to have structure. We're going to be identifiable in a clear, specific way. We have shared values. That helps us work effectively together. But the thing that really makes us a true team is that we're all working toward the same goal. We're And in fact, we all succeed or fail together like a sports team or even an orchestra, which is an example of a team. We all succeed or fail together. Our destiny is intertwined, so we're truly interdependent. And that's a true team. So, Dale, I've worked in companies and led in companies where we had what I called work groups. They were people doing the same kind of work, even side by side with each other, but they were not interdependent. Their their success was not intertwined. Their success was still individual. So with a real team, you rise or fall as one. You win or you lose as one. And to me, that's a team. That's something that's worth investing in learning how to do well and developing the skill of teamwork as a leader. So let's dive into that idea of, a, of this teamwork skill and how it relates to leadership. 
Uh, how is it a leadership skill? Well, a quick reminder, because we've talked about this before, but I often put these terms, teamwork or personal accountability or any of the other skills that we've looked at into three different categories. There's the value. How much do I value being part of a team? Then there's the talent. Do I have natural tendencies? Do I have natural patterns that will make it easier for me to be a part of a team than it might help somebody else? be a part. They, they don't have those natural tendencies. And then the skill is the learned capacity. So when we talk about teamwork in the complete leader, we're saying that it's actually a skill you need to learn. So it's a behavior. It's an action that you learn how to do well. So you may have some natural talent for it, but everybody can learn how to do it better. Everybody can learn how to do it well. So we have to look at what are the specific behaviors or actions that I engage in that make me good at teamwork as a leader. So let's build the skill. Yeah. So start. Well, I think it starts by having great listening skills because you can't really be a great team leader if you don't start by understanding the people that you're working with. So it, it's the ability to understand and have those clear skills. It's the ability to look for, to define, and to organize around a single objective, a single result that you're looking for. And you may be doing that because you're the leader of the team, but I also think because the way teams are so amorphous these days, we have teams come and go based on projects or um, specific things that we're trying to deliver or different organizations that we serve. And so we're probably on several teams at once, or we may be on a team for a while and then move to a new team. So sometimes you're going to be the team leader and you have this responsibility of bring clarity around the objective and listening to understand the people on your team. Uh, even if you're not the leader of the team, even if you're not the person who's been designated as the captain, you can still work toward, toward, toward those things. You can ask, can we be clear about what our objective is how we're going to define how we're going to measure how we're going to progress toward our results so these are all things that i think you have to do well i, I think so all of the skills we've talked about that relate to goal achievement you've got to do a good job of defining a smart goal that's engaging that's compelling that everybody wants to buy into everything that we've talked about up to this point of, around relationships being able to understand and evaluate others and empathy and persuasion and negotiation and conflict all of these skills we've been talking about come into play for you to be a strong team member or team leader and then, of course, the third part of team. So it's results, relationships. The third part of the team is do we have a, a well-defined process? Do, are, are we, do we have good communication systems? Do we have all of the ingredients, the resources, the organization, the structure that we need so that we'll perform well as a team? Dale, this, this reminds me of a story that Skip Hall told me. Skip uh, was in NCAA football. He was a coach for 30 years and uh, won a national championship when he was the associate head coach at the University of Washington and had just a wonderful career there before going into coaching and business. And I asked Skip once, you know, how do you get this team to gel? How do you get them to work well together? And he said, well, you know, Ron, when I was coaching, the NCAA didn't have limits on how much time you could work with your players. Today they do. Today it's 20 hours a week is the amount of time that you can practice with the coach and the players together. And of course you have spring ball and you have fall ball before you get into your season. And I said, okay, so you got what, about a hundred guys on the team? He said, yeah, that's a pretty good number practicing 20 hours a week. So that's a lot of 
time put into practice, all for a three-hour game on a Saturday afternoon or these days a Friday night or a Saturday night. And and Skip said, you know, actually, Ron, it's not three hours. If you actually figure the amount of time that the team is functioning, that the team is actually taking action on the field, it's 11 to 20 minutes per game that they're actually taking action. Everything else is to support that. So you've got all of this practice time to get ready for those 11 to 20 minutes. So my natural question for Skip was, so what do you do with that time? Well, it's about role clarity. It's about good communication. It's about reminding everybody about what our purpose is and how that breaks down into sub goals for different parts of the team. It's, it's this intense focus that we are together, that we are one and all of the skills that you build around that, which again, I come back to, they have to do with the way that you think about define and go after results the way that you understand and build relationships and the processes that you build so that the team can build strength upon strength so that they keep getting better and better and better. And the amazing thing about something like college football is you got to start all over again every year because you have a whole group of student athletes that have left and a whole new group that are coming in. So it's, it's an amazing, you could say it's an amazing energy boost. You could say it's very stressful, but it's a great example of what we should want to emulate when we build teams inside a business, that kind of intense focus and cohesiveness and clarity and the commitment that we have and the shared consequences that we win or lose together. This is going to sound very basic and a, like a duh comment, but it, what you describe on the football field is very intentional. What I see happen in business often is an expectation that team will grow organically. Yeah, I think you're right. And another part of it is, I don't know how many times I look at a position description for somebody and there's no place in the position description that talks about their role on a team. Mm. And, and yet we're functioning as teams all the time. And I think it's the new uh, way of doing work. I, I actually believe, and I this is based on me studying global trends and reading a lot of the uh, large consulting firms that are doing these big studies that we're moving away from the traditional hierarchical kind of an organizational structure where you move up through five or six or seven layers throughout your career. And we're moving into organization design that is really built around networks of teams because we recognize that the kind of work we're doing today can't be done by individuals. It can only be done well, exceptionally well, by teams. So this is a really important skill for us to think about and to make, to bring clarity to as an important part of each person's role at the organizations where we lead. It will not happen organically. So what I hear you saying is that we need to have a very clear goal. That's a lot like start with the end in mind for the team. Uh, the team needs to be very clear around its rules for, of engagement and how they work together. Each person has to know their specific role. And I know from our conversations in the past, that role has to be right for the person. Yeah, there's got to be a, a great fit between the person. And them. Those are all true things. We call those all part of a team charter where we define the purpose 
and the relationships and the process for that team. So you mentioned we've got clear results, values, or rules we agree to live by. Roles are clear, and they're a good fit for the people. Also, the resource question is important. Does the team have the resources that it needs in order to achieve its goal? Because sometimes if we don't think about the resource question, we give them a high and noble goal, but we don't equip them with the kind of resources that they need to achieve it. And it's the right amount. It's not too much or too little. And of course, we might think of resources as being money, but it's also the right number of people on the team. Is the team the right size? It's the right kind of technology for the team, the right kind of infrastructure, communication systems, whatever it is the team needs in order to excel. And then a part of the team charter is also the milestones. How are we going to track our work along the way? What kind of a scorecard are we going to use to know that we're moving at the pace we should move and we're achieving the incremental success that's going to get us across the finish? line. And finally, it's a really clear definition of consequences or rewards for the team. And when you have all those things, there's six of them all together. That's what we call a team charter that helps the team have the clarity and the commitment and the consequences defined that are going to give it a greater chance of success. In that vein of intentionality, and and I, I'm keying in on the comment you made about a new team on the football field every season, new student athletes coming in. What are some ways that a leader can get a team functioning and moving further faster? I think um, getting that charter built to begin with and letting everybody on the team see the charter brings the kind of clarity and commitment so that you can move forward quickly. The next step I would suggest is you need to know each other. You need to get to know each other. Uh, Whit Mitchell, one of our other coaches, and I were just recently out at the Von Trapp Family Resort in Vermont working with a group of people who lead offices all around the country, and they're grappling with what does it mean for us to be a team. And we spent a day just helping them get to know each other in a deeper way. So it, it starts off with obvious things like who are you, what's your name, what's your role. And for some of these people, they'd never met each other before, and yet they're moving toward functioning as a team. But then it goes deeper than that. Tell us about your background. Tell us how you ended up here. Tell us what is important to you. What 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 are your reasons for working here? And um, then from there, it moves to what is it that's unique about you? So we were working with them and understanding unique ways that they respond to problems or how they uniquely interact with other people or how they deal with pain pace, the pace of change, so that they can be organized in a way that accentuates or amplifies their strengths and neutralizes their weaknesses. And then we were looking at at what the underlying motivators are for them. Some of them had a high passion for just learning, learning, learning. Some of them, they cared a lot about, can we measure our results? Some of them, it was the, the surroundings, the way that the team harmonized with each other was important. Some of them said, look at I'm here because I want a chance to lead. And some of them just wanted to make a difference in the mission of their organization in their own way to change the world. So Getting to know each other is not a superficial thing. It's not just going to a ropes course and having a fun day there, which oftentimes I hear people talk about team building. It's about we need to really know each other deeply if we're going to organize and work well together. And if you do that at the beginning, so you've got a great team charter and then you go through this process of really getting to know each other well, 
And I will say we use psychometrics instruments to do that. It, they're, they're online instruments that people complete that help us develop a, a clear understanding of their self-concept and their self-motivation. If you do all those things, that's a great way for you to get a fast start in building a highly effective team. Then beyond that, you have to make sure that you manage the process well and that you're continuing to move forward. And oftentimes teams start with a great vision and then they move into a period where there's some conflict. There's some disillusionment because they find out things are a lot harder than they realized they were going to be. And you have to work through that into this period where you're beginning to get some results and people are beginning to see that it's working. And you do that long enough and eventually you reach this magic that I call true teamwork where you find synergism where truly Everybody that's a part of that team can say, there's no way I would have ever been a part of this without being a part of a team. No way I could have enjoyed this success. No way I could have enjoyed the work. No way that I could have felt so fulfilled any other way than being a part of a real team that's defined in the ways that we've been talking about today. Fantastic. Any final words for us? I have a series of questions that you could ask about your team that people can get if they'll send me an email, I'd be happy to send it out to you. And of course, Dale, we love to hear from folks who are listening, their suggestions, their feedback. And so if anybody sends me an email asking for my teamwork questions to ron at price dash or hyphen associates.com, I'm, I'm more than happy to send that list of questions to them. Oh, fantastic. And I'm looking at that list. Very good. Very worthwhile. I'll repeat the email address. It is ron, R-O-N, at price-associates.com. Perfect. Thank you, Dale. Hey, thank you, Ron. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Quick bit of housekeeping for you. While you are online listening to this, we would definitely appreciate you rating and reviewing this podcast. Hopefully we've earned the five stars from you, a sentence or two about how you are implementing this content into your daily practice of becoming a better leader would be fantastic. We would appreciate that. Also, if you would subscribe to the podcast each and every week, a new podcast is released. If you are subscribed, you get to be one of the first to listen. And uh, that subscription makes it super easy. You can do that in iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. With that, this is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 